Well, speaking of middling efforts. Gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, we're back yet again. Two shows in the same week because we had to make up for the last one, and I'm joined by Matt Smith. I guess I'm back. Well, we didn't go nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's not that nerd. is literally true. Not even technically, that's just literally true. Did not go nowhere. Did not do nothing. Uh, so we got three new releases for you this week. These are the ones that came out this week. We reviewed the ones that came out last week, last time. This one, we're getting the new ones that come out this time. Um, now we're caught up, motherfuckers. Yeah, so shut it. Uh, <laughs> this week, we're going to be doing... Literally, no one has said anything. No, no one has said anything ever. So we always, we're always chastising the people who don't exist. <laughs> There's not a group of people who are just going, hey, fuck you, man. You're not doing the show proper. It's just like, uh, you know, whatever. But isn't it fun to play like you can be a dick like yeah. Devin Faraci? Yeah, you just like yeah, like hey, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite the hand that I'm gonna bite the hand that feeds me, and no one feeds me here. It's, I'm gonna fight the four people that listen to the show and just go, hey man, here's what you're not doing, and uh, don't listen to the other shows either, you dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, that's some inside Just kidding. Baseballs. Do you listen to that? No, show. please do. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today. We've got uh, three big new releases. We're going to be talking about the Warcraft movie. <sighs> Millions of people play it, but did anyone really want to see this thing? We'll talk about it, and uh, we'll also talk about Now You See Me too, and uh, follow that up with The Conjuring 2. Sequel City, everybody. Well, there's, there's a good silver lining in there somewhere. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but sure. Well, we'll get there. Right. Just travel along on the <laughs> sultry sounds of my voice yes. and we'll be right there shortly oh somebody's pants are coming off right we, now we What's will that? arrive <laughs> i don't know what any of this means uh since we did a you know we're, we don't have a what you've been watching and this shows we're gonna try i to fucking just... do have a what you've been oh watching. that's right you did tease it like I four seconds ago it. but i'm Jesus too stupid to remember go you know, the goddamn memory of dory they should make a fucking shitty movie about you welcome to the film find the greatest movie podcast oh wait I didn't realize we were still doing it. I forgot that we started the show already. That's my bad. Please, no, continue. Good, right? Uh, it's pretty solid. Gotta That's a good myself. Ellen DeGeneres impersonation. I and You did <laughs> see the dancing. That's the big thing. I incorporated yeah. all the dancing. I know. I saw it. Through my mind eye. Ooh, that's the that's the sexiest one. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I have a lack of sleep right now, people. Uh, no, I've got to watch. You've been watching. I fucking uh, am going to be talking at great length about this movie on on the new show that I'm going to be launching soon. Um, but I do have to acknowledge that I sat down and uh, watched for the first time since it came out in theaters uh, the Roland Emmerich, uh, dare I say, masterpiece of destruction, 2012. I don't. Well, I don't know. So I go to, so, so as far as to put the words masterpiece anywhere near that movie, but okay. Yeah, it's I, go it's on. A, it's a totally absurd film, but uh, holy shit, is it so absurd that I uh, I'm fully on board with it. Uh, I was on board when it came out. There's just something about that movie that's like, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna roll with this. It makes no fucking sense. Uh, like the the uh, science behind it is complete, uh, completely specious. Woody Harrelson's high in a van. What else do you need to know? Woody Harrelson is fucking amazing <laughs> in this movie. Because he plays exactly who you expect Woody Harrelson to kind of be in real life. Yeah, probably. It's like it's one of those. Uh, it's like it's a method acting thing that he's been working on for the past twenty five years. Yeah, he's just Daniel Day Lewis for this role mm. since the eighties. Makes sense. That's that's what he's been doing. Um, uh, so I do have to say, like uh, this movie, some of the CG does not hold up, even though it's only two thousand and nine. <laughs> uh, but I think it's just because of the sheer amount of it in there. And when I say it doesn't hold up, what I mean is, it, like, it looks fine, but it's definitely not meant to be extremely realistic. It's a little bit like, uh, like the CG in all the Transformers movies, where it's like a kind of a highly stylized digitization, like yeah. a, like like a very clear digital approximation of reality for most of it. 
that's what I think kind of sucks and where I'm kind of like at the at the same time a little bit apprehensive about this new Independence Day. It's also a role in Emmerich Joint. Is that well, back I, in the day, man, it was like I mean like there was great episodes. You ever remember, you ever watch that show Movie Magic? Yeah. Oh, I love that fucking show. And they would always kind of just show the special effects and stuff and there was always kind of like a, there was a great episode on Independence Day and everything. And just seeing all the practical effects and just going nobody's fucking doing this stuff anymore. Nobody's like blowing up models and junk. Well, that's the that's the weird thing about this movie is like uh, I don't think there's any model work that that I can make out, but I almost guarantee it's in there. Maybe like it's it's like how like everybody always complains about this like uh, episode one and episode two not having any practical effects. Although like uh, if you go back and look at all the production stills that were ever released for those movies, there was more uh, that the, they did get progressively less. They got progressively like, less though, for but, sure. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, like, like in episode one, they built fucking sets in the desert and shit. Yeah, there right? was like, like there was like I mean, I remember seeing this big thing during the pod racing thing where they had like a large like like a um, like a big model and everything, and yeah, all they the people were like Q-tips, like colored yeah. Q-tips yeah, and, and the, shit. Yeah, in the and thing. then they and then they put like movement and and shit in there. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know uh, this this movie uh, like the special effects. I guarantee are are some like very elaborate combination thereof. Uh, anyway, I'll babble on about that uh, that fucking movie and my thoughts on it and discuss it with a with a friend of mine uh, shortly in in the coming uh, couple of months once that show gets going. Um, but uh, I, I, there's just still something about it. I think like uh, it, it's it's not garbage. I mean, it's not good. It's a bad movie, I think, but it, holy shit, is it kind of fun? A great kind of just junky double feature with that and like San Andreas. I put them on the same level. Yeah, exactly. When we when we gave our positive ish review of San Andreas a few months ago, that's exactly fucking it, right? Like it, this is this it ain't is the good, fucking, but you know, yeah, but it's enjoyable in in just enough of the right ways for what it's supposed to be. Exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, we, we've got three big ones to do, uh, so I guess we should jump right on Yeah, in. let's do it. Here is the trailer for our first new release review, Now You See Me Too, which really should have been titled Now You Don't. Let's be honest. Come on. Yeah. I just people. Missed the fucking mark. That one's supposed to be there. The new Born granted, movie should be called Born Again, for Christ's sakes. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Well, gra granted, the reason this movie is not called uh, Now You Don't is because the people who really loved the first one enough to want a sequel... Are dumb enough to would, not know that that would be yeah, a sequel. Yeah, would never know that it's the sequel. Well, I even thought you could just call it Now You See Me, Now You Don't. No, that they would think it's a different movie. Eh, probably. Fucking retards. All right, here's the, here's the trailer. <laughs> Let the momentum of the car do the work for you. It's all in the wrist. Not bad. Now you want to see a thing of beauty? Bingo, bango, bongo. That's good. It's good to be positive despite making zero progress in a year. You thought that they had disappeared forever, but this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, the four horsemen. And the girl horsemen. Yeah. Nope. Are you listening, horsemen? You will get what's coming to you. Thank you, everybody. In ways you can't expect. Hey, it's great to be back. Now the greatest magicians in the world are my magic trick. Everyone get off the stage. We jumped off a rooftop in New York. Where the hell are we? We landed in China. How, how is this possible? This is simply my move. Next one is yours. Somebody got the better of us, okay? Somehow. Yes, you were lured into a trap. Ta-da! This is the key to every computer system on the planet. I'd want you to steal it for me. You think we're still gonna play a little game? I know you will. We're going out with the show. People will never forget. Hey, do that myself. Thanks for having us. Not long ago, we were tricked. Let's go, let's go. So it's only fitting that we do the same thing to the person who did it to us. Damn, it feels good to be back. Hello, hello. Stop. 
make it go up. There's always more than what's on the surface. All right, that was the trailer for Now You See Me 2, our first new release review of the week. I am DB Platline. The four horsemen resurface and are forcibly recruited by a tech genius to pull off their most impossible heist yet. This is directed by John M. Chu, uh, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Mark Ruffalo, Woody Harrelson, Dave Franco, Daniel Radcliffe, Lizzie Kaplan, uh, Jay Chow, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, and a crap load more. Um, so Now You See Me came out, what, was it, what year was that? 2013, so it's been three years since that came out so a little bit longer than your kind of average sequel mm-hmm. time and everything uh but now you see me was a rich was uh, the first one was directed by uh, louis leterrier before he became a bigger oh well, i don't know he's still not probably super big i don't think at this point but i i, Look, I like man, the man's if, work if he made this movie after making the incredible hulk not bigger mm, fair enough <laughs> so that's all i'm gonna say mm. uh i mean I know who he is. You know who he is. We're more nerds fun. about this kind of stuff, I guess. But yeah, uh, look, he's getting different work. That's that's true. Whereas people like John uh, John Chow or Chu rather, John M. Chu uh, is now getting different work. Uh, it's just that his work before was like, uh, well, I mean, last year it was Jim and the Holograms, which we didn't even bother to fucking well, but see. No, but nobody did. That movie was um, like it literally got taken out like on Friday. Like, they, look it up. This thing got taken out of theaters after that Friday. Um, there was uh, some but before that. It was like the second shitty GI Joe movie. Yeah, and, but uh, motherfucker, he did direct one of my favorites. Step up to the streets. That shit was look, that I, shit was good, yo. I'm not going to discount his uh, step. I'm not even step up 3D. The that third shit's one, fun too. That wasn't a bad one either. I'll be honest. It wasn't but, uh, t- for what those but, movies are. That they, they work for what they were supposed to be, and I I like them. <laughs> I, yes, I don't like admitting that uh, to a lot of people, but I like them. No, I don't care. Like that shit's fine. Um. But yeah, I don't. Anyway, he's not a bad director. He just is not somebody who has any fucking clout whatsoever. He's a more for hire kind of guy. He's a guy uh-huh. that you hire to get the job done, and he can and, do it and do and it pretty that well. That is what happens in this movie. This is true. Um, I want to I want to talk just a moment about the first film. Okay. Because I don't believe that we reviewed it. No. Uh, I know that I didn't. You may have done an episode with someone else. Uh, this was back before we were doing I, them every week. I don't think so. For sure, this was back before we were doing them every week. Um, that movie is okay. It's fine. If you are like, like I watched it on HBO sometime like a year and a half ago, and I, I liked it okay. I don't know why you would ever want a sequel to it. Like, there's not enough there for me to want more. And I think that this movie kind of proves that i see how this could look on paper for executives oh it may yeah the first one was financially successful and i think the narrative is okay enough to to make to make an executive go yeah we'll green light that thinking it's going to be probably as close to successful as the other one but it doesn't really know enough to know not to do that yeah and I just don't think that the movie's good enough to warrant everybody coming back. The thing is, is that the problem is, is that by and large, you don't give a fuck about these characters. That's the thing. It's like, no. uh, and and this whole movie, and 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 I'll and I'll and I'll give uh, I'll give Mr. Chu credit on this man, is that it's pulled off very well. These all both of these movies are very kind of like. Um, not to use a cliche because it's what the fucking movie is about, but it's a magic trick in and of itself. It's just kind right. of this staging everything, showing you the reveal, the turn, all this kind of stuff, doing it properly. And and it's done in a very nice way. It's very it's pretty slick. It's you know, it, it looks good. At the end of the day, I'll be honest, I liked watching the movie. I'm not bowled away by it by any means, but I but I didn't walk out disappointed. I just go, oh, that was a good movie for what it was supposed to be. Was it anything amazing? Not really, but yeah, it's, you know, it's serviceable. It's serviceable for what it for what I was kind of expecting it to be, more or less. Yeah, well, and and you know, this this movie is almost on par with what the other film had made in its opening weekend. I think uh, the first film opened somewhere around 29 million. Hmm. And this one opened at 27. Um, 
so you know it's not like this is an unsuccessful launch of, of a franchise entry but in uh, an overall week weekend right you know yeah it was an overall week uh kind of weekend although uh the conjuring performed really well um all, all things said i mean it made more than its budget so it's going to there's going to be a third contract. Well, and, like, and we'll period. talk about how it lets how it kind um, of sets it up to do that as well. And but, we'll uh, talk about that one right there. But the thing is, now you see me three has already been greenlit. Didn't it? Yeah, they greenlit it before this thing even uh, before hit. it was even released, right? Yeah. And you know that is telling to me. Uh, Lionsgate is at this point so desperate for a franchise. Yeah, that's true. Because it has nothing else coming down the pipe. Uh, that they're just like this is what they're banking on for a little bit. Until they can figure shit out. Weird gamble. <laughs> and it's a, yeah, it's a very strange gamble because, okay, so opening weekend on this thing is all right, but like. This is not going to have legs. It's not going to have legs. The first one didn't really have legs. Um, I guess if you're okay with making uh, several movies um, that all uh, cost relatively uh you know about the same uh the first one mm-hmm. um cost about 75 mil i think which is a lot for what this movie is and i would imagine this one cost about 75 million again feels about that if not a little more just to get uh, everybody back on board plus bring on the new people they did um it seems like an odd gamble to spend that much money on a like the first film only made 117 million. That's not that's not a that's not a throw on, blow on a, a 75 hit. million budget, right? And and if this one doesn't even make that, and I guarantee it cost at least as much, if not slightly more, mm-hmm. what kind of a gamble is that even worth? I mean, yeah, it's a profit margin, a, a significant one. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I 117 know. over 75 is all right, but it's all right. And, I, and I, it did I, really well in the rental market. I will say that as well. Probably like, so. We're just but, talking box office here. But yeah, from a box office perspective, I mean, it. I would I would call that hitting even after you know PNA. Yeah. Right. I mean. I mean, when when Batman versus Superman made that made the like 750 million mark over its 200 and something million dollar budget, right? People were talking about how that was a failure. Now nah, they they don't know because, how things work. Now it may it may have been but, a failure as opposed to expectations. Is, but what I'm saying is it's a failure based on their box office expectations as well as people were literally trying to argue like it didn't make enough money to ju- justify its budget because uh, like if it costs 250, that means at least 200 million if not a full 250 were spent on marketing right. costs, True. right? So a 500 million dollar film that made 750 million dollars has made Roughly the same profit margin. Yeah, it's it's about broke. You see me, that, that's, right? Yeah, exactly. That's about a break even. So. And uh, and I don't. And and if that's a failure, then 117 on 75, uh, which in reality would probably it, it's probably not double the budget because Lionsgate doesn't spend a whole shit ton on marketing like everybody else, unless it's something like The Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, so it's probably not like 150 million dollars that is total in in the bag on this. But let's say uh, like 120 million. The movie made 117. Yeah. Eh. It seems a weird gamble. Uh, everybody's fine in here. It's just a movie that, like, uh, it's a paycheck. I'm going to talk about I, something, though. I, I, yeah. I, I think... I, Are you going to talk about how all the magic's bullshit? Well, the, the magic is bullshit. I mean, and here's the thing, man. And this there was a complaint about the first one. It's a complaint about this one. Is that it's just, like, a lot of the magic is not really magic so much as it is as CGI and shit. Which well, is, like, I that kind of right? takes it's away like from the fun. It's not a magic trick. It's not actually an illusion. It's just them doing something that's literally impossible in real life. Yeah. And it's like, look at our magic. It's just like, well, you can't explain any of this. Now, let, I want to talk about, well, uh, well, I'll talk about number one addition, uh, Lizzie Kaplan. I love Lizzie Kaplan and everything she's yes. in. I just, I'm a big fan. Too. And so to see her added into this group is fun. She brings a nice dynamic to stuff. To, let's be honest, a boring group of guys. Uh-huh. I like I like the actors involved. They're boring characters. The characters are all boring as shit. They are boring. I mean, they I just mean, fucking they're, are. They're so boring that like Lizzie Kaplan's character is almost boring. Yeah, like because well, she doesn't have much to do. Well, she's got like so little to react to around these kind of blank canvases. Jesse Eisenberg is just like giving the same like just one note performance that he's been giving for the past fucking ten years. Jesse, I I know you're fucking better than this man. God damn it. 
That's what makes me mad is it feels like he's just fucking swimming through and not giving a shit. Or maybe he thinks he's giving a shit, but it's coming across as you just looking apathetic and not giving a fuck. Now, i tell you who I feel like gives a fuck. Um, Mark Ruffalo. Mark uh-huh. Ruffalo's acting his fucking ass off in this movie, and he doesn't have to. No, he... he uh, He's given in, a true fucking performance in this movie. Yeah, I mean, when this he guy, totally shouldn't be. Right. This guy is like an actor's actor, though, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Ruffalo, before anybody gave a shit about him in the, like, uh, uh, like celebrity press realm, mm-hmm. was considered an actor's actor, right? I mean, uh, like... When he when he was cast in things like um, uh, like Eternal Sunshine, yeah, or when he was cast in Zodiac, even which was as recently as two thousand and seven, which I know is almost a decade ago, but like you know, in the grand scheme of all the fucking movies Ruffalo's made, I mean, his his first uh, big movie was Safe Men in ninety eight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so like when you think about who Ruffalo is, I mean, this is a guy who really until like maybe kids are all right. And then really with the Avengers is when he broke into like full on public consciousness. Yeah. This guy was just a guy who had a very strong, uh, reputation. Yeah. Just had a good record of coming in, doing the work and doing a good job at it and actually doing the work, right? Like not just showing up and like being fun to be around on set or whatever, but like when, when he's in 13 going on 30, for example, which is not a bad movie. I don't want to denigrate that movie at all. I enjoy that movie. That's the one where uh, it's uh, like um, almost like Freaky Friday, except it's her own body and it's Jennifer Garner, right? Yeah. Um, uh, that movie's just fine, but he shows up in that movie and you, do, you totally don't have to. That movie would have been fine. I mean, I, like Jennifer Garner barely shows up to work in that thing and she's the main fucking character, right? <laughs> um. And 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 it's fun regardless of that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, he shows up every fucking time. Doesn't have to. But He's was, always there. There there's some scenes in this thing where I'm just like, he is just fucking. He is just acting in this shit, man. Where Jesse Eisenberg's just like, when's lunch? I felt about that, like, the stark difference in what he's doing in this movie uh, compared to most of the other people, uh, acting wise, quality wise. I felt that same way with um american hustle and uh and uh fucking christian bale and amy adams you know we talked about it on our review of that movie Mm -hmm. but like those two were acting circles around jennifer lawrence and uh bradley cooper bradley cooper yeah oh yeah in that movie and mark ruffalo is doing the same thing around like at least uh three times the people that they were doing he's 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 making the rest of this cast look bad but i will say this uh, Woody Harrelson's uh, playing his twin brother is kind of fun. Oh yeah, but I really you know, kinda, that, it's that a, is also him playing the goofy character that he plays in twenty twelve. Yeah, exactly. A little bit, right? But like, just like it, make him a little just bit like more bizarro, fun. Woody Harrelson, which is already weird because Woody Harrelson is bizarro, Woody Harrelson, and he's just with the big, the, like the the curly hair and the fake teeth and everything. Just the, oh, it's 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 a lot of fun. And now I'll tell you who I really thought stepped up, who I was surprised at, I think. And I think he, I, I think he can do, I think he might have like a future in, apart from what we all obviously always think of him. There are moments in this where Daniel Radcliffe is really fucking good. Dude, Daniel Radcliffe is, uh, I think, really great. He's um, really good in this. And I feel like given the right material, he could fucking play a real villainous son of a bitch. Well, you know, if you but you know, if you go and look at him in Woman in Black, he's fucking astounding in that role. I it's, walked it's out of that of one a, because of people that were assholes in the theater and I just I couldn't stand it. We walked out. Well, I mean that look, that's I fine. wanted I'm to just see saying it. if you go back and watch it, like he he fucking delivers fully on point, no holds barred, right? Mm-hmm. If you go and watch him in Kill Your Darlings, which is not a very good movie, he's excellent. If you go and watch Horns, which is a very bad movie, he's still excellent. Uh, Victor Frankenstein is watchable, I contend, mostly because of his con- his performance. Yeah, well, McAvoy's got a weird quality to him that's kind of it's kind of appealing. It's not like it's not the acting's not great, but oh, it's yeah, a weird, course, but, it's an interesting right, weird like, performance. It is. I think both of those performances are what make that movie watchable. I'm saying that Radcliffe is, is uh, like clearly an actor. I, I yeah, I think I think this guy, you know I, mean? I think 
he's he's done a decent a decent enough job kind of shedding the Harry Potter, which for God knows that's really tough for fucking anybody to do. Uh, the the weight of that has just got to be remarkably heavy. Um, he, he's doing that it, cast but I, doing much better than a lot of others would have. This much is very true. Coming especially from that fucking age, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I I can't wait to see where his career is going to be in ten years because I think it's going to be a very interesting place. Yeah, I think so too. So, but uh, it, it's a it's a tepid recommend if you like it. If you like the first one well enough, I mean, there's so much shitness that doesn't make any motherfucking. I'm, I'm gonna sense at I'm all. gonna go against that and just say like fucking pass on this. No, I'm and not saying that, go see it in the theater. See it on Netflix when it comes up. I mean, I'm gonna say I don't even think like the first one I thought was fine on HBO. I don't even think this one would be fine on HBO. Mm-hmm. I think like it's overall just kind of an abysmal, bland effort. And uh, you know what else is on uh, HBO if you want to watch that shit right now? And you could have the same bland, ineffective experience. Van Helsing. Oh, no. Come on now. Don't say things we can't take back, Matthew. That movie is atrocious. It is fucking awful. Oh, my. How dare you, sir? I think it's on the same par of just, meh. I don't think that movie's as bad as uh, people say, and I still don't like it. Oh, that movie's just god-awful. I wanted to slit my throat. It was terrible. Uh, but this one, it, it's passable. If you like the first one well enough, you'll you'll probably like this one. I, I like the, I just like watching the kind of reveal and the kind of, here's where all the chess pieces lie. The Morgan Freeman story makes no goddamn sense. Uh, his subplot and everything is just so silly. There's a lot of this that's just kind of like, okay, whatever movie. <laughs> you just kind of have to roll with it and everything. But eh. well, speaking of middling efforts, oh, here comes a trailer for our next new release review of the week. Here's a trailer for Warcraft. That was a trailer for Warcraft, our second new release review of the week. IMDb plotline. <clears throat> this is going to be a load. The, the peaceful realm of Azeroth stands on the brink of war as its civilization faces a fearsome race of invaders, orc warriors fleeing their dying home to colonize another. As a portal opens to uh, connect the two worlds, one army faces destruction and the other faces extinction. From opposing sides, two heroes are set on a collision course that will decide the fate of their family, their people, and their home. This is uh, directed by Duncan Jones. Uh, starring Travis Fimmel, uh, Paula Patton, Ben Foster, Dominic Cooper, uh, fellow uh, Preacher uh, alum, uh, Ruth Naga there as well, uh, Clancy Brown, uh, Toby um, Kibble? Kibble? I don't know. There's, I don't know. Here's the thing. Um, I'm a, I don't know about you, Matt, but I, I, would, assume as, I would assume as such, big, a big fan of the Duncan Jones. And Matt's dead again. 
I like Duncan Jones. Hold on, I'm fucking right here. <laughs> I like Duncan Jones just fine. Uh, yeah, like Moon. I was, I was a big fan amazing. of Moon. I mean, Source Code was Source pretty code? darn good. I like that a it lot. Here, I think that the problem is not Duncan Jones. I don't. I don't know that he's made a, a good movie at all. I don't think the problem is Duncan Jones. Okay. I think the movie uh, has an issue in that. Uh, who gives a fuck about anything going on? Who hasn't played the video games? There's not now. And here's the thing. And, and I was, mean, like, like I was able to follow along. It looks nice. It looks just fine, right? Like it all makes sense to me. What's happening? Mm-hmm. But who gives a fuck? What are the stakes? There aren't. That's many. where I'm coming. There's not a lot. And here's the thing. Now, I I went to this movie with my brother and a friend Kenneth, and my brother and Kenneth were like they were big War- World of Warcraft guys. I mean, fucking big. Uh, my brothers finally kicked the habit and everything. I I don't think Kenneth played in a while either. Um, but we went to see it and everything, and it was interesting talking with them because this is this movie is very fan servicey. There's a lot of stuff that is in there for them, and even they point out they're just like. I am. They're like I'm watching this, and I'm like I don't know that people who hadn't played the game and can see all the kind of fun stuff that they left for people could watch it and have a ton of enjoyment out of it because like while the plot itself is fairly simple, it's mundane and it's boring. There's tons of action, but it's all just like just the most ridiculous over CGI. Who gives a fuck? I'm watching a like I'm watching a Warcraft cutscene, and here's the thing. When they do the upgrades for all the uh, the Warcraft games and everything, whenever there's a new expansion coming out, and I live with my brother through right. two of these expansions, so I kind of know how all this shit works. Um, they put out like this awesome like trailer that is just fucking gorgeous. They look really yep. good, and they go through all this stuff, and the game looks like fucking garbage. I don't care what you say, World of Warcraft people, that game looks like fucking shit. It looks like an old-ass game that they're just like, hey, billions of people play this, so we can't up the graphics to make it look better because that would alienate too many people, so the game looks like a game that was made fucking ten years ago. Um, but... It's like those games. It's like those awesome cutscenes that you're just like, this is bitching. This looks awesome. Why don't they make this? And they kind of made it into a full featured film. But the fact of the matter is, at the same time, is that there's no fucking good story in it. The story is just balls. Yeah, it's- I mean that's the that's the real thing. Like, look, I never played the games. Uh, I'm I'm a big gamer. But like Warcraft just never appealed to me. I'm not. I, don't, I, don't, I can't. It's too much stuff for me, to, and it's too much of a commitment. And, and I've seen. And it I'm not fuck talking other World up, of so. Warcraft. I'm talking straight up Warcraft. I don't give a fuck anymore. Oh, any RTSs I'm, are all terrible too. I don't I'm, like them. <laughs> I'm old now, like uh, you know, in, like solidly in my 30s at this point, and uh, I just don't give a fuck about playing RPGs at all anymore. Like, I barely want to play shooters that have RPG elements in them because I have to fucking upgrade in order to That's like, oh, I got to upgrade this gun. It's too much work. (laughs) No, I get Um, that. I get that. And I get that there are people who are heavily invested in this, but also, like, you have to give something to people who already aren't invested. Mm -hmm. You have to. And I don't know that this movie does it enough. Although on the converse of what your your, uh, brother and his friend were saying, like, I was talking to a friend who's a huge fan of the games, and he was uh, complaining about everything being good, except he was focused on like the opposite end of what annoys me about fandom, uh, which is that they focus on the most goddamn minute shit as being important. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, this person isn't supposed to kill this person, or this doesn't happen oh, in this God. location. And it's like, holy fuck, dude. Uh, no one gives a fuck. And I'll tell you why no one gives a fuck. Cause most of the people who would ever watch, uh, this movie or be exposed to it have never played that fucking game. No, we, we, uh, we, did, a, it. we did a there, little bit addition of like, uh, of if every person who was a current subscriber to Warcraft went and actually purchased a ticket, it would be like a paltry, you know, uh, a sum for sure. Yeah. Compared to like what a regular, you know, blockbuster movie would be. Right. And and it's just like, no one gives a fuck, dude. It's not a fucking game. That shit doesn't matter because it's a completely new thing. The problem with the movie is that they also just made not a very good movie. No, it's it's boring. And it and it really sucks because, like, I, I listened to Junkin' Jones' uh, interview on Nerdist, and it's a guy who, like, who loves the game and really has 
really wanted to make a good movie, but they just didn't make one. No. And that's well, and that's like sad I said, because I, I really like his work. Well, and like I said, that's what I mean. I don't think that this is a Duncan Jones problem. I think that uh like maybe this thing that a lot of people really like actually isn't very good. Oh, I I've, I've always said that. It's uh, to me it's it's not. It's it's I mean, I, I'm not going to cast like that's definitely it, but like I've had fans tell me uh, and even my friend who like was complaining about the small changes in who does what and where was like, yeah, this is basically the story from the game. If that's the case, fuck off. Yeah. Like the story is not good. Oh, it's every, every fucking fantasy thing I've ever seen or read or like heard of in my life in a game story. Sounds great. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather play that in a game. I mean, if I'm playing in a game, it's one thing, but here, you're just watching a cut scene that you can't play. Um, yeah, and that's the that's the key difference, right? Like, uh, one of the reasons I'm thankful that they never fucking got around to making a Metal, Metal Gear Solid movie. Because it would probably re- blow. Yeah, it would fucking suck. The reason those games work as, like, cinematic games or whatever is because, like, you play a shit ton uh, of game hours for a shit ton of storyline hours. Yeah, you get a lot of, I mean, like, the, I mean, there's movies, and I mean, there are people that have gone through and literally said, hey, here are all the, you know, cinematic parts to all the Metal Gear movies and stuff like that. There's a giant fucking story in there. Yeah. And it's weird um, as shit. No movie would have the balls to do what, you know, what crazy shit happens in those fucking games. They just wouldn't. Or could. Hmm. I don't think they could. Probably not. I mean, that's the reason that, like, uh, like, Anytime there's a there's a very popular manga, for example, that's adapted into uh, into a film, it's mostly done as a, as an anime, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that shit gets done as a TV series or at least multiple film series anime adaptation. And the reason that uh, live action versions of that shit don't work is because they're fucking two hours long. It just is not. It's not set up to a, to accommodate the thing that makes the original thing work. Just like that's the problem with a lot of video game adaptations. Quite honestly, I think that this film didn't do enough in changing the story. If I'm going to be quite honest, I wish it would have just scrapped everything and just tried something else. Because I I just don't know. I just didn't find any of this appealing. I didn't find it, any of it all that interesting. Uh, the characters are just are nothing. They're absolutely nothing. They try to make these orcs sympathetic, but it's just like, I don't know, man. It's just there's great. They look good. There's a lot of great mocap kind of stuff going on, or whatever the fuck it is that they're doing. It it looks neat, but I just don't give a fuck. I just yeah. don't care about well, any and, of it. And I and I have to say, none of that matters because we're gonna get another fucking Warcraft movie. That shit will happen. Ugh. What's I it mean, made it, global? What's it made global? So this movie was a budget of 160 million, which is pretty low these days for a giant movie. For a movie like of this. this stature, yeah. Um, it's only made so far uh, 28 million domestically, mm-hmm. but uh, China it's, tot- this, though. its total intake worldwide is 308.8 million. Sweet fuck. So it's def- we're definitely getting a sequel. I mean, this thing made uh, made like uh, 140 million dollars in or 170 million dollars in China. I forget how fucking much. A yeah. shit ton in four days. Yeah, China just ruled this. And by the way, man, um, we didn't talk about it. And fucking now you see me. <sighs> Listen, I mean, I get it. I understand. They uh, they they help a lot. Well, this is this is business strategy, man. It's not. It's I know. And it's not new. It's fucking not new. But Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. But it seems just so fucking blatant now to where it's like it's almost it's like... It's always been blatant. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, I, don't, I mean, I know that most people have purged the memories of that film from their mind. <laughs> but it was promoted concurrently with the Beijing Olympics. Yeah. Like there, like there was a part of the opening ceremony that was devoted to fucking Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, the fucking mo- mummy movie. Um, it was, I mean, the whole reason that it even featured, uh, Jet Li or like any of it had anything to do with China was because, uh, that's where the movie was going to make money. Right. Yeah. Uh, Transformers four was co-financed 
out of China, like two major production companies out of China co-financed that movie with uh, Michael Bay and uh, Paramount. Mm-hmm. And they shot a lot of footage there, right? The, the last one, the fourth one. Um, it had its world premiere in Hong Kong and then again played at like the Shanghai Film Festival as the opening night selection like a week later. It's not new. No, but it's just um, like, I, it, I don't know, it's, it's becoming also overbearing just sometimes not necessarily used effectively. I guess that's more it, where it just seems, that's the, I mean, here's the thing. If you can go to China, motherfucking go to China. But at the same time, it's Because the just, Fast and the Furious movies, like the last four of them, where they've just been like fucking superhero movies. Yeah. They're globe trotters, right? The whole purpose is At least that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, of course, right? That's what I'm saying. They utilize the locations. Even in Transformers, the reason they're in China is because there's like this fucking ancient Dinobot shit that they're tracking down or whatever the fuck. (laughs) Whatever. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, and we like those movies, so I'm not trying to shit on them at all. Uh, But, you know, like that at least is built in. Here, it's just like, well, we're going to end up in fucking... uh, uh, where where is it? Somewhere. I forget. Macau. Macau. That's it. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's like, yep. Let's hang. Let's hang out in Macau for the rest of this fucking movie until we go to London for some reason. Hey, hey look. Honest to God. Honest to God. I thought for damn sure to get that Chinese audience to just like you know just cream their pants even more that they would have thrown in like some sort of panda thing in there somewhere because there's an expansion out there called Mister Pandaria. I know this shit. So sad well, that, that I know this you're, shit. You're thinking World of Warcraft. These are not the same things. But it's gonna. I don't know. War, Warcraft and Warcraft Two are are completely different games than World of Warcraft. But that's who they're marketing this too, though. It's the people that are playing that. That's the play, people that played those games twenty years ago. Well, except they're not. That's the that's part of the problem, right? They're making the movie for people who gave a shit about these games twenty fucking years ago, and maybe some of the WoW people will give a shit as well. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, and this, I don't care. But this, That's mo- the biggest this thing. movie's storyline, from what I understand, is straight up exactly the fucking storyline of Warcraft from twenty fucking years ago. Okay. And it le- and it sets up the exact fucking storyline that's going to take place in Warcraft two. Shoot me in the face now. All right, let's get on to it. Uh, we're done. So yeah, we got something uh, fun to talk. Don't fucking watch that shit. Uh, here's a trailer for Conjuring two. This is my home. No, this is not your house. Now, what's your name? My name is Bill Wilkins, and I'm 72 years old. What do you make of that voice? Sounds confused. Is he senile? The voice on this tape is coming from an 11-year-old girl. They're calling it England's Amityville. There is a family that desperately needs our help. After everything we've seen, there isn't much that rattles either of us anymore. But this one, this one still haunts me. Does it feel like the voice is coming from inside you? More like it's coming from behind me. Like I'm being used. Janet, are you alright? Stop calling me Janet. She's such a good girl. What's there wrong with her? An oppressing spirit will try to force you to commit the ultimate sin. And what's that? Murder? Suicide? Or both? You believe us, don't you? Sensing a presence? I'm not sensing anything. All I can sense is their own fear. What is happening? I had a premonition of your death. Who's that? The family's just a pawn. Something inhuman wants to kill you. If we keep doing this... You're going to die.
tell you what, I'm glad I didn't watch these trailers when they came out, man, because they, they give away all these scripts. Like, anytime there's a horror movie or something on, like, I don't fucking watch I Like, I close my eyes at the theater in these trailers because I'm not going to watch them because I, like, I just, I want to have fun. I actually don't think that those trailers give away all that much. I mean, maybe not, but I don't know. It just and, and here's why. Okay. This movie fucking delivers. It does. Now, you and I were uh, big fans of the, the first Conjuring movie. Yeah, that's uh, maybe my favorite horror film of the last, fuck, maybe 10 years even. I might go that far. Yeah. But, uh, still directed by James Wan and everything, mm -hmm. uh, who's who's had a, a fairly varied career and you know gave up doing another Fast and Furious movie to do this movie. So if that tells you anything about the man, he's just like, hey, there's this, the shit I want to do, and that's what he goes and does. So, I mean, you got to respect that. Yes. Well, and then he rebounded from that franchise pretty spectacularly with his next gig. So. Yeah, so in uh but of course this is uh re the reteaming here of uh Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson coming back as Ed and Lorraine Warren. IMDB plotline, uh Lorraine and Ed Warren travel to uh North London to help a single mother raising four children alone in a house plagued by malicious spirits. Uh so this is based on the uh the notorious uh Enfield um incident. The Enfield poltergeist. Poltergeist, whatever uh -huh. you want to call. It. Um I, I don't know nothing from nothing. But I will say this. This huh? movie has the balls, the fucking balls, to, like, for the first 10, 15 minutes go, fuck you, we're going to show you the Amityville horror, and we're going to show you it in a fucking movie. Go to hell, and it's good. Yep. And it's fucking good, son. And well, I was just that, like, wow, the balls on this movie to go ahead and just literally give you that movie in 15 minutes. Just start right minutes. in with it, it's right? It's fucking just the gumption to do that man is unbelievable well you know my favorite part of the the opening of this is uh they use they use the fucking defeo ghost the boy mm -hmm. like uh like that shit is one of the most famous ghost photographs i think it's fucking fake as shit i mean i know a shit ton about this bullshit mm -hmm. uh, i'm not exaggerating like like this is kind of this is what i research this is what i'm in fucking school dealing with all the fucking time uh, is is like uh, ghost media, right? And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this before you get started. I don't like the Amityville Horror. I think it's a shitty movie. I don't either. Well, uh, not really, right? Like, there's some good things about it. I yeah, really there's like some good the lead about performances it, but... in that thing. I think that there are a couple of effective creepy moments, but overall, I don't, I don't fucking it's care. It's not good. Um, but what I, what I like about the Ghost Boy is that photo uh, is still really creepy, whether it's fucking fake or not, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so if you've never seen this thing, I'm gonna fucking right now as I'm as I'm doing this, I'm gonna track that photo down and I'll fucking throw it up on our Twitter feed. Um, but uh, that shit has never been used effectively in a movie about about the Amityville curse. Mm -hmm. um, and just the fact that they're like, oh, this is this is like Amityville for real kind of lore. Mm -hmm. Right. Like something that only people who have looked into Amityville outside of uh, what the movies, uh, specifically the first film, has ever said about it or the remake. Right. Uh, that they would ever fucking know about. Um, and that's fucking ballsy in and of itself, I think. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they came across that to begin with and I was just like, are they real? Whoa, they're really doing this. Yeah, I mean that and that first shot, right? It starts just in the window and then like it pulls back and then it's like, oh, this is the fucking Amityville house. Yeah, I mean this is it, Ocean Avenue, right? pretty like, this is, it's pretty iconic. You know what it uh -huh. is. And um like yeah, that shit's fucking good, man. Uh and what what works most about it is it sets up very definitive parallels later in the film. And I don't just mean like the circular logic of uh, them running into the demon there that eventually is the demon in filled or uh, anything like that. What I mean is uh, Amityville and the infield poltergeist, the thing that those two cases have in common is that they are probably both the most famous cases in paranormal investigative history, mm -hmm. as well as the ones that have been, I feel most thoroughly debunked as just like fucking made up. Right. Right. Um, and the way that they set up those parallels of doubt and suspicion, um, where, you know, we hear about, uh, we see some of their, uh, television appearance at the beginning of the film, uh, where they're discussing the Amityville, uh, haunting and they're confronted with the guy who's like calling them out on their shit. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and then later in the movie, uh, when they kind of uh, it, it's reached a consensus that the thing is being faked. I like that the movie leans so hard into uh, the possibility that this shit isn't real. Even if it returns to like uh, what 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 the film purports as reality uh, or what they've always claimed was reality in this case, even if it goes back to that, I think that for a movie that is so clearly invested in the reality of demons and spirits, uh, mostly because of who the main characters are, the Warrens, that's a ballsy fucking move in and of itself. Yeah. And, and but here's the thing. It's like I just... I don't know enough about nothing. And I, I just like, I, cause I, I listened to another podcast that reviewed this and they kind of talked about it. I'm just like, I just don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what it is. I like, you can call it, you know, based upon a real story, whether or not that thing really happened. Oh yeah. Uh, I the don't narrative is, is, is there. It's solid and it's good. Now it, I think the movie may be probably about 15 minutes too long. It's about two hours and 14 minutes. So it's a wee bit long. There probably could be some stuff taken out of it, but I mean, maybe except I fucking loved like, just like just sitting in the story world longer. And here's the thing, like, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren are fucking kooks. Like just straight up. They are kooks. Go and read their shit. Go and like, look at videos of them. Go and watch interviews. There's shit tons of stuff online. They are fucking nutso, right? Um, that is what works about this movie, though, is like what makes them nutso is uh, that they're so heavily invested in the reality of what they're doing. Yeah. That this movie is these movies, both of them. The thing that makes both Conjuring movies work outside of all of the, uh, you know, the genuine scares that occur in both of them is that Ed and Lorraine have a very particular relationship and they're fucking good characters, man. They're yeah. good characters. And it's super, it's explored big time in this movie. And you really get the sense of who these two people are and their relationship with each other and the work that they do. And these two, these two actors really bring it home. And I think with, if you, if you replace them with shittier actors, it just, it wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. Um, but like I said, I, I don't, cause I don't want to talk about like scares and stuff like that. Cause that just seems fucking silly. Yeah. But I will say that, uh, one thing that both of these movies do well, and this one continues to do well and, uh, should be highly commended for is they earn every single fucking one of their scares. There's, yeah. There's not cheap stuff that happens. I mean, like some in both, there are jump scares, right? But leading up to those jump scares, whether it was the like clap, in the closet of the first film, mm -hmm. uh, whether it was the pan up shock scare of the witch on the cupboard in the first film or uh, several sequences with one of the ghosts in this movie, there's just an elaborate buildup of tension and expectation and all kinds of shit. And, and then something inevitably happens that makes you think that's the creepy thing. And then, and then just boom, it. you're just fucking knocked the fuck out. Literally the first big scare, and you'll know what I'm talking about, the one where she's watching television. I'm mm -hmm. not going to give away specifics, right? right? The first big scare in this movie. When that happened, I was, I mean, I sit right down front in these movies, and the theater's fucking packed behind me. And, uh, you know, I'm, no, I'm not like a guy who, uh, who necessarily is terrified by movies, but they do have an effect on me. I've, I mean, horror is my genre. Um, I do get into them, especially if they're done well. And this one just had me so hooked that when that big moment comes up in that scene, mm -hmm. I let, I like leaned further back in my chair and pretty audibly said, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and, uh, like so much so that there were several people like giggling behind me, but it's, it's the reality. And I know I wasn't the only one in that theater. Like I could feel it happen to everybody behind me as well. Yeah. I like, I, I rarely have these big jumps, but like there, that, that one, like at the beginning, it was, it was just like a, Whoa, that, that came out of nowhere. And it was totally earned. It wasn't a fucking like, here's a fucking cat. Yeah. Or anything like that. Right. It was, it just, was like build, 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 build. And there you go. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's really good. One, like just has like this real deft hand at doing what he's doing here. And you can tell that he loves what he's doing. And I think, yeah, that's I mean, the he's thing. in the conjuring films. He really has, um, like proven the lessons that he's been toying around with maybe to less success, but I think just as interestingly in the first two insidious movies. 
I, I find those uh, like are kind of where he's figuring shit out. Mm -hmm. And then in the conjuring, it's like, oh, I figured it out. Here we go. This is a like just a master class in how to make a fucking haunted house movie. Yeah, he, he's doing a great job with it. And um, yeah, I, like I said, I, I, just, I just like it. I mean, I like how you're right. They absolutely set this thing up. Um, because this is the third Ed and Lorraine Warren movie that we that we've gotten, the one that was uh, from what last year uh, with Annabelle, which was we didn't we didn't love it by any stretch of the imagination. I don't no, think it's we, terrible. In, in it's, fact, it's it's not even an Ed and Lorraine Warren movie. That's just a fucking movie that is. Uh, it's couched in them because of the because, because of the, of the first film, right? Yeah. But it's not. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, yeah, you're right. It's not a movie with them in it per se, uh, though they though they have like little cameos and stuff. Uh, but but we do at the end of this movie, and this isn't really a spoiler or anything. Um, but if you've seen if you've seen Annabelle, you know that uh, that that movie is bookended with the kind of the uh, basement museum of fucking demony oh, shit. Oh, it's 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 the Warrens occult museum. They yeah. have that shit. So it's like in their fucking basement and stuff. They got all the kind of trinkets and whatnot. And you see the Annabelle doll in the background. You see the other little uh, the little music box from The Conjuring. And so with this, you see all this stuff around here. So this is clearly going, we're going to do another one of these. Look at all the crazy shit that we got in here that we got stories to tell forever. You know, oh, yeah. kind of thing. And, well, I, and, and I think the Warrens that's good. have some keep, fucking kooky ones, man. And if you keep doing it to this level, I'm all fucking for them, man. Well, I think as long as they can keep making the Warrens compelling central characters and then making the films creepy even if they're not all creepy in the same way yeah you're gonna have a very effective franchise and there's no fucking way this movie's not getting a third one no. like i like i can tell like vera formiga loves playing this character mm -hmm. patrick wilson has now made four fucking movies with james wan as yeah. the lead in a haunted house movie, <laughs> he's got a little reputation with the guy. So, so he's he's going to be back uh, for it, right? Like completely back on board. Um, this movie uh, made uh, forty something million dollars over the weekend. Yeah, that's pretty decent for this um, type of film. I mean, the I mean, the first film kind of opened, uh, I think, a little above that, but. Um, no, actually, it didn't. Uh, looking at the numbers now, it made uh, forty-one million its opening weekend, hmm. uh, which was which was over its budget of twenty million. Um, but this one, this one's already made uh, forty-nine. It did have a larger budget, forty million bucks. But uh, but yeah, I mean, still, still here, like you know, fresh seventy-six percent and everything. Here's so. the other thing I want to say about this shit, and uh, and then we can leave any spoilers because I really don't want to spoil anything in this movie because it's so. No, I don't either, but I will. I will talk about a scene. Real quick, which one do you want to talk about? Um, the 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 one super long shot with Patrick Wilson and the just the the um the very shallow depth of focus. Okay, that's all Roll I'll say. It. That is fucking great. The balls that it took to do what you did in that scene and yep. just keep on that shot and, and it's just so subtle. Work with it. It is so fucking effectively good. Yep. It is That's one so of my favorite good. things in this movie. And the other thing, and I'm just going to say the thing that it is and not mention any context for when it happens or what happens, but in any other movie, any other fucking movie like this, the thin man, the crooked man, mm -hmm. that would have been the thing. Yeah. And here it's used very economically and extremely effectively. And that fucking character, by the way, um, is played by uh, like a like like it's not CGI. It's fucking played by an actor who plays a lot of similar. He has like a disease that makes him really lanky. Huh. And he he plays that shit. He played uh uh the ghost in Mama, which a lot of people thought was CGI. Hmm. Uh, they he played um uh probably uh the one that's most visibly not CGI is the uh, is the fucking uh, zombie woman at the end of Wreck. Like that's in the green, the night vision oh, yeah, camera yeah. at the very end in the, in the attic of the, okay. uh, in the top floor of the fucking, uh, apartment building. Um, but he's, he's like a, an actual actor who goes out and a lot of people think that like when they see him on screen, but there's a screen test of him, like look up uh, mama screen test or whatever, ghost screen test mama or whatever the fuck on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can see him just like doing a screen test, and he just moves like that. He, like he has, he's 
he's double jointed. And so he can make these like really twitchy, odd fucking movements that are really fucking bizarre. And he's super lanky and his fingers are really long. And so that's really fucking him. It's not a CG character. Hmm. So that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, no doubt. But every other movie would that would have been the fucking ghost. Yeah, and they and they don't lean on that. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to talk too much about it because there's a, there's a lot of good yeah. Stuff go in fucking here, see this movie. That's what I want to end really on. Good. I mean, it's really good. It's I saw it twice this weekend. Yeah, I, I saw it Thursday and Saturday night. Yeah, this is it this was is fucking a, good both times. Like 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 the first Conjuring movie. This is a you know right when it comes out in Blu-ray, I'm picking it up for sure. Because it's, oh yeah, this is the first week. I'm gonna pay the, pay the full twenty bucks. Uh, Amazon purchase. Right? It's not bad. Straight up. Uh, that's it. We got it. Three done, man. So we 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 done Woo. we done we done we done what we needed to do. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. It took a while to figure it all out to get all. What the are, kind what of are we going to end on? What's this fucking music we're going to go out? Oh, on? I have you no got something good. I have no clue. I don't even know what are we doing next week because that's what I'm also trying to figure out at the same time. Oh, we got Finding Dory and Criminal uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Central God. Intelligence. Central Intelligence well, might be all right. I think that one will be fine. I'm not looking forward to Finding Dory. I uh, just don't like Ellen's characters in the, in those films. That's the problem. I like Dory was like the least character. I I ju- I, I just I look. I like Finding Nemo just fine. I never got what everybody fucking loved about it. I I know I really enjoyed it a lot. Actually. I enjoyed it. I'm not saying I didn't. I don't get why people think that's like a fucking pinnacle. I don't get it. I I tell you what, I, I am. it's beyond me. I am really stoked to see it in 3D because I think that's um, I think that's going to be really, really just fucking gorgeous in 3D. Yeah, I, I mean that'll be fine. Um, I don't know. We'll see it. We'll let you know. You know, it that's is. what we do. And maybe why, we'll throw. Why don't you take us out on a little Elvis? Uh, too late. Cause uh, I already got something pulled up. Matt, where can we find more of your work? Fucking while I'm telling people, find the Elvis song. What? Which Elvis song? One that's in the fucking Conjuring. I don't remember what it was. I'll be quite honest. I've had a lot to going on in the last couple There's of days. There's a whole scene where Patrick Wilson caresses you. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, but that's all right. It's, go ahead. Start talking. Anyway, so you can find me online at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith on Twitter. Uh, if you want to, I'm uh, kind of somewhat updating it uh, currently, although sometimes more so than others. Uh, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com is uh, where I post random shit that I'm writing or working through. Uh, just kind of like I work through writing problems on there mm-hmm. uh, and then post a bunch of shit that I'm interested in. Uh, so it's a Tumblr is what I'm saying. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, fucking, uh, if you didn't listen to the last episode, uh, because it was last week's movies and you already saw them and you don't give a fuck what we think about them, uh, but you're listening to this one, uh, please check us out on uh, preacher podcast. And if you came over here from that show, thank you, uh, so much for giving us a chance. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this show. It's a little less, uh, PC in the language department. Cause we don't give, like, I don't give a fuck. Uh, but I'm not going to like harass, uh, your your ears in a group podcast where uh i don't know there might be kids listening to me talk about preacher for some goddamn reason because you're a fucking heathen your kids are weird uh yeah if your kids are watching preacher they should you're they can fucking listen to this show i don't give a fuck that's how i feel about it adam what about you where can we find your well of course we've got preacher podcast you guys matt has just mentioned and we also have our uh other podcast called Hero Movie Podcast, where every week we review new releases and everything. This week, let me tell you, this is the first time you guys are hearing it because we didn't mention it on HMP because we didn't have the uh, we didn't have it set at the time. But boys and girls, I spent four dollars in Amazon and got Captain America from the 1970s. This oh, thing shit. looks amazingly awful we are so excited to do that so uh bruce is going to be in studio and everything so it's going to be super high quality all around and uh we're going to be doing that after heroes and like i said uh on the last show if you're out at heroes uh in charlotte uh for the big comic convention and everything else uh hit us up on the tweeters and all that kind of good stuff and uh, we'd really appreciate it and uh, we'll come side by and say hi and all that shit so uh, do that why don't you uh that's it next week uh you know central intelligence and finding dory and everything other than that, we are all set to go. Uh, for Matt Smith, I'm Adam Porches. Take it easy, everybody.
about that movie that had so Patrick Wilson sits down and plays this song mm-hmm. in the movie just on the guitar and it's fucking lovely it just is a, Dude, that's like, what I'm saying there were there were like a few people who were kind of giggling at some of the like cheesier Ed and Lorraine moments but for me those fucking things that's what sells the movie for me it really worked it was just like, like that Elvis scene the the fucking kind of almost too on the nose conversation at the end about uh like uh you know you said that there would be one person who made a difference kind of shit mm-hmm. that sort of stuff like that's what i fucking love man give me that fucking melodrama it just give me that shit it, it it works and here's the thing man that's where like some of these shitty horror movies don't fucking take the time to create a world that we're living in they just want to, like, this is why, like, you know, there are so many, like, shitty zombie movies. Because they're just like, I want to show fucking cool zombies and zombies getting killed in cool fucking ways. And they don't give yep. a fuck about the story. And that's why your movie fucking blows. It's- I just think, like, these, dude, even, here's the thing about Conjuring 2, right? It is filled to the brim with things you have seen elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Filled to the brim. 